I feel impelled to this morning to speak to you about keeping the commandments of God. From, uh, first, from the perspective of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and then briefly from the perspective of the New Testament, our New Covenant relationship with Christ. And then uh, I, I, I want to be returning um, after I've briefly looked at the, this matter from the perspective of the Old and the New Testament, I'm going to return to the Old Testament and reflect on one of the Ten Commandments, if we get that far. The book of Ecclesiastes closes by Solomon saying, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. I'm going to turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. I hear Solomon saying that at the end of the day, when the silver cord is broken at the fountain, as he tells it in verse 6, the, the answer to our search for meaning and purpose and fulfillment in life is to fear God and to keep his commandments. The, uh, the psalmist in the Old Testament has much to say about the commandments of God. And the psalmist also has a way of putting a positive spin on, the, on God's commandments. Notice some of the things that the, uh, the psalmist says about God's commandments. And first of all, uh, turn to uh, Psalm 19, uh, where the, uh, the psalmist uh, speaks about, in different ways, about the commandments of God. Psalm 19. And uh, verses 7 through 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. 
The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Here, David uses uh, six different synonyms for God's commandments. In essence, David is declaring God's commandments and saying that, that, that they enhance our lives. They add to and enrich our lives. They do not diminish our lives. In Psalm 111 and verse 7, the uh, psalmist says that the, all of his commandments are sure. Uh, they are trustworthy. They will give you a, a good, solid foundation for your life. Uh, also in Psalm 119, verse 86, the psalmist said, Thy commandments are faithful. All thy commandments are truth. Sometimes uh, we can feel that the keeping of God's commandments was important to the Old Testament saints, and they have, but they have no, that we have no protocol to keep commandments uh, under the new uh, Testament covenant of grace. But Jesus said, John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 2, Peter equates the commandments of the holy prophets with the commandments of us, the apostles. Would you also uh, turn to um, Revelations chapter, uh, Revelations 14, and uh, notice verse 12. Revelation 14 and verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Also chapter 22 and verse 14. The, uh, the last uh, uh, chapter in the book of Revelation. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter into, in through the gates into the city. 
I want to emphasize this morning the importance of um, following the commandments of God. It is, uh, it is uh, we are encouraged to do so, not only in the Old Testament, but also in our new covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. Of all the, uh, the New Testament writers, uh, the Apostle John has more to say about keeping of God's commandments than any of the other New Testament writers. Um, even, 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 the, uh, even James, who, uh, who we usually think that he is... Uh, uh, he uh, has a lot to say about faith and works and the importance of works. He does not mention the keeping of God's commandments. Um, it's, it's, re- it's, the, uh, it's the Apostle John that uh, has more to say about the keeping of commandments than any of, any of the other New Testament writers. So I'd like to turn to uh, 1 John chapter 2 and notice verses 3 through 5, just to remind us of uh, the importance the, that John puts on keeping God's commandments. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, uh, John connects us keeping God's commandments with having the assurance of truly knowing God. So notice chapter 2 and verses 3 through 5. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. How How does this assurance come to us? The assurance of knowing him? Uh, John indicates here that it comes as a result of keeping God's commandments. Then in 1 John chapter 3, verses uh, 21 and 22, John says this, Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of the Son of God and love one another as he gave us commandment. He that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he, God, dwelleth in him. 
Hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he has given unto us. So here in, uh, in chapter 3, uh, John connects our keeping of God's commandments and, uh, and God answering our prayers. Also in 1 John chapter 5, verses 2 and 3, he says, by this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep his commandments, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. Here uh, in these several verses, again, the Apostle John uh, tells us that our keeping of God's commandments is synonymous with our loving God. Now, um, I, uh, I recognize that um, the, uh, that the Old Testament, that there are three types of uh, laws or commandments that are given to us in the Old Testament. First of all, there were the ceremonial laws. The, uh, the laws and commandments that God gave that pertain to the... To, uh, uh, the sacrifices and the ceremonies pertaining to to the uh, uh, to uh, purifications, etc. And uh, I understand that these commandments, what we would refer to as the ceremonial laws and commandments. These especially were fulfilled once and for all in the sacrifice of Christ on Calvary. And it seems to me that the ripping of the curtain that hung in the holy place, between the holy place and the holy of holies, that the ripping of that curtain uh, certified that the ceremonial laws uh, are no longer in effect under Christ. Secondly, also we have in the Old Testament the judicial law and commandments. The judicial law had to do with how Israel was to function as a nation. The, uh, the kingdom of God that Jesus instituted by his coming replaced, in my understanding, replaced Israel as a nation. And so the, um, so the people of God are no more a national entity. Uh, thus, the judicial laws of the Old Testament and commandments related to it 
are also done away in Christ. And then we have in the Old Testament the moral law, uh, given to us as the Ten Commandments. I also recognize that uh, there are other commandments in the Old Testament that are part of the moral law of God. The moral law of God has never been done away with. And, and I would say that the, the Ten Commandments have never been done away with in Christ. In fact, we, in Christ and through Christ and through the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit, are enabled to keep the moral laws of God. Leslie Flynn, in his book entitled Now a Word from Our Creator, says that this about the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are really a transcript of the law of God, which God stamped on the moral nature of man, was not exclusively for Israel in the Old Testament, but rather was intended for the whole world, and uh, may I add, for all of time. The Ten Commandments, in other words, are part of the, uh, the moral law of God that are very much still in effect today. I, um, and I, I also want to say this, that um, there, are, uh, there are commands and instructions in the Old Testament that are unique to the Old Testament economy. That's what I was talking about. Then there are commandments in the Old Testament that are permanent for all time. And, that, and that's why I was emphasizing the importance of the Ten Commandments. Also, there are commands and protocols unique to the New Testament economy, the church age. Um, example is the, the principles and the protocols of the Sermon on the Mount. God's instructions to us in 1 Corinthians 11 in relation to the headship veiling. And other New Testament protocols and commands are given to us in the Old Testament, uh, which were not necessarily given in the uh, New Testament. Did I say that right? They were, they're given in the New Testament, but were not given in the Old Testament necessarily. Again, I say that because of the things that Paul says about how we are justified, justified by faith through grace and not by the keeping of the law, some would see any emphasis on keeping of God's commandments as legalism. Um, 
Along with that, there are those professing Christians that, uh, who believe that they are so spiritual that they don't need to be concerned about keeping God's commandments. I, I would only declare that none of us are so spiritual that we can fudge on God's commandments and, uh, and not be adversely affected. Now, uh, as I indicated, I, uh, I, I want to speak to you about the importance of um, keeping a particular commandment that is, given, that is given to us as part of the Ten Commandments. I want to speak to you on the, uh, on the 11th, or on the, on the fifth of the Ten Commandments, the fifth commandment uh, that is uh, given to us in uh, Exodus chapter 20. Uh, they're also uh, repeated in Deuteronomy chapter 5. But uh, I'm going to read uh, the, uh, the fifth commandment as given in Exodus chapter 20. Uh, and, uh, and, and this is what uh, Moses uh, uh, said. Uh, as uh, and the uh, as given uh, as was the these commandments that were written on the uh, two tablets of stone that uh, Moses had carried into the pres- presence of God, and God had written with His own finger these commandments. The, uh, the fifth commandment is given in verse 12 when it says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord my God, thy God, giveth thee. I, I hope I can uh, capture here this morning not only the attention uh, of you as adults, but I would also be pleased to capture the attention of the children with us this morning. And uh, I, I would, I would uh, have you know that this commandment that, that uh, God gave, the fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments, is, uh, is a very important commandment for you as children and teenagers. And may I even say as adults, uh, it's important that we properly understand uh, the, uh, the, this fifth commandment. Um, it's, um, the, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to go into uh, what the, the difference between a child and a 50-year-old man or woman as it relates to this particular commandment. I, I'm not going to go there. Could get us into a quagmire of some kind. <clears throat> but, but I just want us to understand that uh, this commandment that God gave is uh, in relation to honoring 
your father and mother is very important. So again, verse 12 says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Have you turned to, um, to the... Um, to Ephesians chapter 6. Verses 1 and 2. Paul reiterates here in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, this fifth commandment of the, of the, of the Ten Commandments. And so he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Gentlemen, did you uh, understand? Did you hear what he's saying? Um, Gentlemen, obey your parents in the Lord. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Note that Paul repeats this uh, admonition in, in a um, rebatum kind of way in, in, in a very similar fashion in... Um, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 20. The uh, uh, only difference here between Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1 and 2 and Colossians chapter 3 and verse 20 is that Paul declares here in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1 that, that, the, that to obey your father and mother is the right thing to do. And may I say to you as children, it's always the right thing to do. Colossians chapter 3, Paul says, that to obey your father and mother is, uh, is pleasing to the Lord. So if you want to please the Lord, children, obey your father and mother. Please take note of that. No, notice that Paul quotes Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12 uh, in a verbatim kind of way, except he uses the word obey instead of honor as it's used in, in, uh, in the Ten Commandments in applying this commandment to the children, he's, Paul says, obey. And also, in, in chapter 6 and verse 2, he, he says you should honor them. Now, it's possible, children, for you to obey your parents, your moms and dads, and not honor them. But you cannot honor your parents, moms and dads 
without obeying them. Um, well, let, I'll let your parents explain that to you later on. Honor thy father and mother is a, an ex, an, uh, is a, is in a, a specific example of a more general command, which is honor authority. Um, Leslie Flynn says this in the book that I mentioned earlier. Honor authority. Obedience to parents is singled out because obeying mother and father is the first rule a child meets in life. And perhaps this is what Paul meant when he said, it's the first commandment with promise. Now, he didn't say that it's the only commandment with promise, but it's the first one that a child can obey that contains a promise uh, and, and gives you a promise. Uh, so, yes. Um, Obedience to parents is singled out because obeying mother and father is the first rule a child meets in life. That's Leslie Flynn doing this explanation. And yielding to parents prepares a child for authorities that he will meet later in life, like teachers and employers and even God himself. Uh, the, the, the promise is that in, 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 uh, as you find it in Exodus chapter 20, that it might go well with you that you might live long in the land which thy God is going to give you. Um, and, and Paul puts it this way. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Um, the first commandment with promise. And, and may I say this morning that, as I've indicated already, that it's not the only commandment with promise. I verily believe that every commandment of God has a promise, has a blessing as a result of obeying it, yes, to us as New Testament believers. Every commandment of God, I believe, has a blessing in store for us as we keep the commandments of God. Like I said, to attempt to differentiate and entrate between honoring and obeying could lead us into a, a, a quagmire, and I'm really not going to go there. And we also know of fathers who have required the same obedience from their 50-year-old son 
our daughter as he did when the son was five years old. And the result often is not good. Let me take note that a 50-year-old can always honor his father and mother, his elderly parent. And it's always pleasing to the Lord to do so. And and let me just emphasize again that I am of the persuasion that all of God's commandments have promises. They promise a blessing to us for obedience to it. To me, this puts a positive spin on God's commandments and should cause us to respond to God's commandments like David did in Psalm 119. Uh, when he said, I will run the way of God's commandments. Sometimes we find ourselves running away from God's commandments because we don't understand the importance that they have in our lives. But David said, I will run the way of God's commandments. And, should, uh, and also Psalm 40 in verse 8, when David said, I delight to do thy will, O God. And repeatedly David said in Psalm 119, I delight myself. Yes, I, I take delight <laughs> in God's statutes, God's judgments, God's commandments. And I asked you this morning specifically, do you? As a redeemed son and daughter of God, do you delight yourself in the divine protocols and principles and commandments given to us in the, both the Old and the New Testament that apply to us? The... Um, The remainder of my time, I'm going to uh, uh, take up by telling you a story. This is a rather extended story, and it's very personal to me. Back in the late 70s, there was a single young man that came to, to be with us for a while when we were living in Sioux Lookout. He was helping us with a building project. He may have been in his mid-20s at that particular time. But after some time, I became aware that he was, this young man was alienated from his father. It was obvious that he had a bitter, resentful attitude toward his father. The best that I could uh, 
The best that I could tell was that he felt his father didn't meet his emotional and spiritual needs in his adolescent years and his, and his teen years as well. It wasn't that his father was a bad father. It, uh, it, in fact, when his father realized this, that this distance was developing between him and his son, he came to his son and wanted to know what the problem was. And the, the, the young man's response to his father was something like this. You weren't there for me when I felt that I needed you. And now I don't want to talk about it. And like I said, it wasn't that his father was a bad father. Because I knew his father, and he was my brother, five years older than I. But, but somehow, father and son sort of somehow missed each other during the, the son's adolescent and teenage years. Soon after my nephew left us, he went home and he cut off all contact with his father. He moved away and didn't let them know, his parents know where he was. He became a member of, in, in what he thought was a perfect church met a lovely Christian girl and got married. Now, fast forward 20 years. And uh, my nephew and his wife, Cynthia, had a son. As a young teenager, this son was the most respectful, the most thoughtful young lad you would ever meet. But now forward another 10 years, and something tragic happened to this delightful young man. He became bitter against his father. And I, I, don't, I don't know the whole story, but he became bitter against his father, my nephew. When this began to happen, life began to fall apart for my nephew and his wife, Cynthia. I continued to have close contact with them over the years. But their lives took on the, I'm talking about my nephew and his wife, 
their lives took on the characteristic of what I would consider a Shakespearean tragedy. Four weeks ago, I had a text message from Cynthia saying, please call Wayne. And I did. Uh, and, and in order to get a picture of what was happening, I first talked to Wayne, and then I talked to Cynthia. And then I got Wayne back on the phone again. And I waxed very eloquent, eloquent with my nephew. No, I actually I became very, I felt led to become very, very forceful with my nephew. And I said, don't you ever lay an abusive finger on your wife, etc., etc. And I prayed for my nephew Wayne before I hung up. I prayed that their love for each other could be restored. Two weeks ago, I had a call from my nephew. And I, I sensed that he was in a state of repentance. He said, things are different now. And he said this, you know, it all seems to go back, way back, to when, in my resentment, I walked away from my father. Life has consequences. Disobedience to God's commandments has consequences. Honor your father and mother. That it, now notice what it says, that it might be well with thee. <laughs> Both in Exodus chapter 20, and in Ephesians chapter 6 and Colossians chapter 3. Honor thy father and thy mother that it might go well with thee. That, that it might go well with thee. Because disobedience to God's commandments has lifelong effects. Disobedience to God's commandments has consequences. This is the love of God, 
that we obey his commandments. And his commandments are not, are never grievous. God bless you. As you consider the importance of keeping God's commandments, let's stand. Lord, I want to thank you that uh, you love us so very much. And you've given us, because you love us, you've given us commandments. And I pray, Lord, that we could see your commandments in a positive kind of way. Your protocols, your, your instructions for life, your, the divine principles of your kingdom. Lord, help us to see them in a positive kind of way. And do like David did when he said, I will run the way of your commandments. I pray your blessing upon us as a congregation this morning especially that we would take to heart the importance of obeying your commandments, that it might go well with us as your people. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.